that you would guide and direct those that are seeking uh, administrative staff and you could pray for the right person to be uh, selected for this for these jobs. Lord, we pray for those this morning that have been mentioned, all the um, sicknesses and, and so forth that are in the class. And Lord, we celebrate uh, his birthday, especially Jack, that uh, going to have his 90th tomorrow. We just pray that you give him a long life. Lord, continue to bless us, continue to direct our path, and we'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I failed to mention, but Bob and Helga ho hosted the seniors Tuesday. We ate fish. We had a good time. Thank you, Bob, for doing it. Uh, thank you for doing it. I passed out a uh, thing on Galatians. Has everybody got one? Okay. All right. I left, I left off the main one. <laughs> okay. Paul, from the very beginning of opening the book, he had got word that these churches in the, we'll call it the state of Galatia, had lost, left their first love, and that they added to what Paul told them. He preached Jesus, they accepted that, and then somebody came in, which we are calling Judaizers, and they says, well, that's okay, but you must keep also some of the Old, Old Testament commandments, namely circumcision. He said, you must be circumcised and, and believe in Jesus, and that's it. And Paul, Paul for, the, for four chapters, four and a half chapters, goes back and forth, and then he says, no, 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 no. It's Jesus alone, plus nothing, minus nothing. And he says, have you forgotten what, what I'm trying to say? And so, last week we talked about, we're in chapter 5 today, that it's freedom. That the Lord gave us freedom. And it's freedom in Him that we have, and freedom in Him that we enjoy. And uh, so he starts there. Verse 1, he says, For freedom that Christ set us free, therefore keep standing firm, and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Verse 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Verse 7, <clears throat> You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I want to talk, stop there just a minute. This is a, a, a truth that we know to be true, and it's something that is all the way through Scripture. A little yeast will, will <laughs> leaven the whole lump of bread. The whole loaf of bread or the whole pan of bread. It doesn't take very much. And it's amazing what little bitty rumor started somewhere will get infected. <clears throat> now we see that today. 
What's the truth about Ebola? Depends on who you read. You know, where it, where it comes from. There's all kind of misinformation. My prayer is, when we go through this interim time here at the church, that there won't be anybody that starts a rumor. If they do, you squash it. Let's find out the truth. Let's go from there. We want to be in one accord. We want to be in unity. And we don't want this little bitty yeast to infect the whole bunch. So there's a truth there for us today, not only uh, in our church, but corporately. Verse 10, I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will adopt no other way. But the judge, but the one who is disturbing you, you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. And I wish that those who were troubling you would even mutilate themselves. I don't know how many times I've read the fifth chapter of Galatians. But getting ready for this a couple of weeks ago, I said, oh no, Paul, I've got to teach this. And it's one thing, a preacher can selectively pick his topic, but we're doing verse by verse. So I've got to deal with this. You know what I mean? I've got to deal with this particular situation. Like a lot of things, uh, people have opinions, and sometimes they say nothing. I looked at about four different main references. Two of them said nothing about it. One of them did. <clears throat> and this is the best one that I've, I've found. Verse 12 is the strongest statement in the epistle. And it shows how deeply disturbed Paul was over this crisis. He expressed the wish that the troublemakers in Galatia would mutilate themselves. The language here leaves little doubt that Paul was referring to castration. This was actually practiced in the frenzy worship of the godless, and it's spelled C-Y-B-E-L-E, in the area of Galatia. Paul was pointing to the eunuchs, the priests of this cult, who were well known by his readers, saying, if circumcision seems so important to the Judaizers, is there really any difference between them and the poor pagans? So he's, he's saying, the Judy, he putting the Judaizers and the pagans in the same slot. Thankfully, Paul had a conference with himself and he says, you know, I've probably said enough about this. And from, we don't hear him talking about the Judaizers anymore in the book of Galatians. So here in verse 13, he turns to probably one of the favorite, his favorite things, and one of the Lord's favorite things, and that is love. For you were called a freedom, brethren, verse 13, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. Verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things you please. Who did he write the letter to? The Galatians. And they were believers. These are Christians he's writing them to. And yet Paul is coming back and he, term, he uses the term flesh. Sometimes this, this term flesh is talked about the world. This is not how Paul is using this word flesh here. He's talking about the old man, the old nature, the thing that gets in our way, you know. And then from verse 19 through verse 23, he gives some parallels or some, or some uh, uh, cause and effect or some pros and cons. Call it what you will. Look at this piece of paper I gave you. Now, we, Art and I can just do so much in here when we teach. Uh, we give you this that you can study. Yes, ma'am, I'm on it. You can't hear me? I mean, are you recording? Yes, ma'am, I'm recording. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Where was I? Anyway, this, <laughs> this, this is... Uh, this is a guy that I have appreciated, and uh, I said in the back, it's, it's edited by me. Uh, the underlining and the bolding and that kind of thing is, is Bill, but uh, some stuff in parentheses I tried to get together because different texts call it different things, and I wanted to get through it. We'll real quickly run through some of this. Okay. <clears throat> He lists four categories of sin. I did not get y'all, give y'all one, I'm sorry. Here's another. I got pen. Mike keeps me in paper, so I got pen. Four categories. Sensual sins, religious sins, interpersonal sins, and social sins. And the next thing he says, we should not regard this as an exhaustive list. Uh, so there are other things. <clears throat> the sensual sins is related to sex. From everything that I read, we think today is terrible. But in the, in the time which Paul lived, it was that bad or worse. Because they had temple prostitutes, you know, in the, in the form of their pagan worship. And it was very, very open and very vile. And so he needed to discuss this thing here very much. Um, num- there are 15 no's 
and nine yeses, so to speak, in, in the scripture. So he starts here with sexual immorality and he says adultery and fornication. I'm not going to read all this, but there's a difference. Uh, <clears throat> adultery is if you're married. Fornication is outside of marriage. One or the other. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Greek word here. Uh, <clears throat> so, sexual immorality. Number two, uncleanliness or impurity. Now, I put these things in parentheses because depending on what text you're looking at, you'll find these words. Uh, and I tried to cover my bases here. Um, somebody got the scripture open? Uh, Phil, what does um, the impurity, what is it, verse? Impurity. Uh, Im impurity, verse 19. Yeah, okay. Alright, <clears throat> so I put here impurity. Impurity is another word referring to sexual impropriety in general. It should be thought as the opposite of purity. If it isn't pure before God, then it's unclean. And then I have down here, the Holy Spirit never leads anyone to uncleanliness. Okay. I've drawn these circles many, many times. I, tried to, I decided to take my time a little bit this week and do a little bit better job. But when we, we've got this house that we live in, our body, and, and we have a granddaughter in medical school right now in Kansas City, and she's in the middle of the anatomy lab, and they have a cadaver. And, and basically, you know, <laughs> the question is, do you have a man or a woman, you know? That's the two differences. Uh, the other is what man has done. Oh, you need to come look at this. We've got a hip implant. Or oh, we've got this that man has done. But with standard deviation, our bodies are the same. Our bodies are the same. God made us that way. Now, we can have... We can have... <laughs> I won't go there. Anyway, <clears throat> but... What we call our heart. Jesus said, but the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and those defile the man. Okay, we know our heart is a pumping muscle. But in Scripture, they're talking about the seat of our emotion and where we are our soul, the things that makes Dave and I different. We're the same physically, but the thing that makes Dave and I different is our heart, our soul. And I have put it in this orange block up here. And it is our mind, our will, and our emotions. At salvation... Something miraculous happens. I can't explain it, but I believe it. God said, I'll send you the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, and He will be with you. So at salvation, and it was true for the Galatians, and it's true for us, at salvation, God put 
the Holy Spirit at the very center of our being. The very center of our being. And it's His desire for the Holy Spirit to take over our mind, our will, and our emotions. And as we yield to the Holy Spirit, we, we won't act like something else. What did He say here at the, in uncleanliness, the very last part? The Holy Spirit has never led anyone into uncleanliness. Alright, the 15 things that are listed in Scripture is sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, it may have a different name in here, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fraction, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. All of those things are built into us when we have the sin nature of Adam. But at salvation, at salvation, the Lord comes here. You've probably seen the little cartoon or heard the little discussion about the black and white dog, you know. And the fellow says, well, they're fighting, you know. Which one wins? The one I feed. The one I feed. <clears throat> I've told you this illustration before, but it's, it's real. It's from my personal life. Dad's hardware store was across the street from the bank in my little hometown. And people went to the bank a lot before the days of drive-up in and all this other stuff that went to the bank. And it was this old mangy dog that was laying outside the door at the bank. And somebody was, kind of a group of people were coming in and I was there. And it says, somebody said, they need to do something about this old mangy dog going in the bank. And uh, this one old fellow said, is that all you want? He walked back to the back of his truck, picked up about a 30-inch piece of pipe, came back and killed it all. He said, now, they drug it off to a little grassy spot. I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have done that. Some people, their inhibitions are just are just somewhere else. They're just somewhere else. I don't know where that fits on this this list here. It could be fits of rage or whatever else. But there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus said, what precedes out of the heart, or the mouth, comes from the heart. And these are those that defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murderers, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. These are the things that defile a man. These are the things that defile a man. We could spend weeks right here 
And Art's going to pick up next week, and he's going to teach this lesson again the way he can teach it. But we, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to permeate every area of our mind. Where he says, it comes from the heart. Our will. Our will is a switch. We flip. <clears throat> Dr. Dobson wrote a book that was a bestseller called A Strong-Willed Child. What was it about? What was it about? It was about children that had their own will. They were headed their own way. They were doing their own thing. Uh, this guy, our will. That's the flip of the switch. Our emotions. What are emotions? Anybody? Got an idea what emotions are? Emotions. Feelings of joy, sorrow, fear, hate. Experience, love. Uh, all of these are, are joys of emotion. Marilyn and Jack are down at the beach this week. They uh, have gone to here. Uh, they do every year. The Gaithers are down there for two days. They've been there Friday and Saturday. They're probably coming back today. And I can't sit in a Gaither concert which I'm not filled with joy and peace and love. Music speaks to Bill. It'll speak to me more than five sermons. Music speaks to me. And it speaks through my emotions. My emotions. What Christians have a real good knack of doing. We have a place where this other this is our heart. Just play like the rest of the piece of paper is our body in here. In our heart here, we'll we'll say, Okay, Lord, I'm gonna keep this closet over here in my heart. You can have everything else. But this little closet over here, I'm going to keep to myself. I'm going to keep, I want to do my own thing. I want to go my own way. I want to, I want a way out. I want a way out. God said, I want all of you. Because out of the heart comes the real man. Out of the heart. <laughs> What's the illustration? You know, be sure your mind's in motion before you put your mouth in gear. And we know, <laughs> we know that's true. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's one of the biggest lies the devil ever told. Because words will hurt, and they'll hurt, and they'll hurt. Velka and I have done enough miracle counseling in our life, you know, to take a young couple and a bride, and they sit down with us and we talk. But he said, she will say, and he will say, that was five years ago. You still remember that? I still remember that. Those things hurt.
and they're never, hardly ever forgotten. We need to be very careful of what we say. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We just need to suck it up. Turn over in your Scripture to Ephesians. That's where we're going with next week, uh, next month, next whenever we leave Galatians. Look at Ephesians, the 6th chapter right quick. And look at verse 17. <clears throat> Paul is talking about the armor of God. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. He's talking about the armor of God. And in verse 17 he says... And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When we, when we have a battle among ourselves, when this closet starts acting up, and we, we want to get in that side of the page rather than this side of the page, Paul says there's an answer to that. He said, the sword of the Spirit, Hebrews says, says it's, it's so sharp it can divide between the marrow and the soul of the heart. He says, he says the sword of the Spirit, the Spirit and the Bible, the Word, that's the remedy. If you get in the Word, this all of a sudden goes away. All of a sudden go, goes away. What he has said in all of these 15 things, every time down here he says, the Holy Spirit never led anyone into lewdness. The Holy Spirit never led anyone to, to idolatry. The, no, the Holy Spirit never won anybody to sorcery. The Holy Spirit never run, uh, led anybody to hate. Hatred. When you look at Scripture, the Holy Spirit never led people to do that. Well, my time's out, and I gotta go. We gotta go sing, don't we? Feel? I'm not sure what we sing. What we sing? I don't know. Bless the Lord going in. All right. Uh, anyway, we'll pray and bring those pieces of paper back next week. Art's gonna teach the same lesson, but he and I teach different, as you very well know. And, uh, and he'll have a different perspective on, on, on what we do. Thank you for being here. Thank you for, for your love for one another in this place. Father, we thank you for all you are to us. We thank you for this time around the Word. We ask that you'd bless us. We ask that you'd lead and you'd guide as we listen to Dr. Helms as we go into the next service. Bless him and may we have ears to hear and hearts to listen. And we'll be careful to give you the praise. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you. I am. <laughs> I've talked the last two Sundays, uh, Wednesdays, and I'm teaching this Wednesday. Uh, we're starting in the New Testament.